don't know if you're doing great or if you're struggling or, or wherever you are at, but this was the reality of Good Friday. It was the worst day ever. I mean, it was horrible. Now, we all know Sunday's coming. They didn't know that. But let me, so now let me read for you from John chapter 20, the Easter story. And, and imagine, again, try to get in the heart of the people who gave up three years of their life and were with him every single day who watched him brutally murdered. Try to think of what it was like to be his mom and his closest followers. And then chapter 20, verse 1, it says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, which, by the way, was John. She said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So, see, see, so again, we're like, well, we know, but they don't know. I mean, now, not only did he die, somebody came and stole him. I mean, that's where they're, where is he? And they're freaking out. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. I always wondered, why is that in the Bible? Did John just want to say, dude, I am so much faster than Peter? <laughs> you know, I, I think that's hilarious. Uh, or, I, or it kind of gives you this picture. Peter's just this rough, raw, big guy, you know, and... Anyway, I just think that's funny. So anyway, they were running, but the one disciple outran Peter, and he reached the tomb first. And he bent over, and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, (laughs) arrived and went into the tomb. And he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside and he saw it and believed. But they still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to be raised from the dead. Is that not, they still didn't get it. Do you guys know how many times before this Jesus told them that? And they still couldn't get it. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken my Lord away, she said. And I don't know where they put him. And at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was him. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, when, he, when she heard his name, her name mentioned, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I have not returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. And on the evening of the first day, that would be this day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. So again, you get this picture? Because they're scared to death. It's like, if they did that to him, what are they going to do to us? So they got the door locked, and they're in there, and then it says, and then Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. You know, that word overjoyed just doesn't do it, does it? I mean, can you, can you, anybody got a better word? 
Anybody want to be a Bible translator here for a second? I mean, they must have absolutely freaked out. They watched him brutally die. He was dead. Their hope was gone. And now he shows up into their midst. It shows them, here I am. You can see it. And they were overjoyed. See, in, in, in a matter of three days, everything changed. Everything changed. And I just want to remind us today, if you're a follower of Christ today, then our day here today is to remember that everything changes because Jesus is alive. He is alive. And if you're visiting with us, if you're checking out what Christianity is all about, I just want to let you know this is what it's all about. It's the fact that our God who died for us actually rose from the dead and is alive today to help us. Now let me just ask you, have you guys ever received good news? You know, I mean, I just, I was thinking about that. How, has there been any good news lately? Is Mike Pike in here? He's not in here. He'll probably be here at second service. Here's Pat, his brother. I don't know if you, how many of you guys know Mike? You guys know Mike? Uh, quite a few of you. He's, he's, a, he's an incredible, committed member here at South Campus. And Mike is a miracle. He's, he's a literal, walking miracle of a cancer survivor. And, um, and yet, six months ago, they went in to kind of just keep in check on him, and they found some stuff, um, uh, some activity, as I think is the word he used, some activity where they had done the surgery. And, um, and so they had to come in again. And this last week, we got together and we prayed for Mike and his family uh, here because he knew on Tuesday he was going to have to go in and have that rescanned. And uh, was it Thursday? And then Thursday, he got the news that it was completely negative. Nothing in there. Yeah, you should. I mean, if you know Mike, you got to just, I mean, I'm telling you, when that kind of news comes, that's good news. And everything changes, right, of what it could have been. Ladies, if you're married today, do you remember the time the guy came up to you and he asked you to marry him? Do you remember that day? That was good news. That somebody was choosing you outside of anybody else. And guys, it's way better news when she actually says yes, right? I mean, when you throw it out there and you're like, ah, and she actually says yes, that is good news. I mean, I, I'll never, my, my day of asking Susie to marry me is one of my greatest memories. We did it first thing in the morning so we could celebrate all day long. Because on that day, everything changed. Everything in my life changed. But I was thinking, that when else would there have been news? Maybe this is the best illustration for today. Can you imagine what it was like to spend countless hours and days and weeks and months in a concentration camp? You know, just being completely treated like trash, treated not even like a human being, unbelievable suffering, day after day after day. And then one day, the door opens and the guy who walks in has a different uniform on than the one you've seen for months. And he comes in and he says, it's over. Can you imagine that news right there? I don't know if you'd believe it. I I, I can't even imagine what that would have been like for people. But on that day, it was like the way you've been living was wrong. It was absolutely not the way you're intended to be as a human being. I've got some good news for you. The victory has happened and you are free. And I just want to tell you guys, in the spiritual realm, 
That's what Easter is right there. There is a way that most human beings live their life, and it's just not the way it's supposed to be lived. We find ourselves in prison. The Bible actually says we're like slaves to activities, to desires, to behaviors in our life that are destructive. They don't fulfill us. They don't help our relationships. And he says, you know what Easter's about? I'm coming in. I've got really good news. I am wiping that slate clean, and you now are free to live a brand new life. That is what Easter's all about, and that's what we want to look at here. You guys, and that's why we say on Easter, everything changed, okay? Everything changed. And here's what happened on that day. Mankind's status with God changed. I'm talking every person in the world. It changed. The picture for me literally is like it says, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every person is a, is a slave to their own sin. We have this nature that's inside of us that's bent away from God and we want to do our own thing. And it's like we're all sitting in this prison cell together. And when Good Friday, when Jesus Christ died for our sin and rose from the grave on Easter, it's like he came to the cell and he said, I've done it, it's finished. And he opened up the door. And that now, all of a sudden, everybody who's been enslaved to this nature that destroys is absolutely free to walk out and experience it. On Easter, everything changed for the status of mankind and for you. And then what can happen is here's what changed. You now have all of your sin forgiven. All of it. I met with a person just recently, and we just had to go back and say, a follower of Christ, and go, you've got to own this. You've got to believe this. It's completely done. You're completely forgiven. Totally. And when you walk into that, you actually walk into Christ. And now, here's what's changed. God, the living God, the most powerful God, the good God, the perfect God, the loving God says, I will be inside of you every moment of every day. We share this at every baptism. The picture that has always been a beautiful thing for me is the word baptism literally means to dip. It means to dip. And when you took a piece of cloth and you dipped it, when you baptized it into dye, if I took a white piece of cloth and I dipped it into a dye, when I pulled it out, what happens? It's changed. Every part of that dye goes into every fiber of that cloth. And it's different. You guys see, that's what Jesus was saying. John would say, hey, I baptized you with water, but there's one after me who's coming, and he's actually going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. See, what that means is the Spirit of God, when you receive Christ, He gets into every fiber of your being. You guys, if you're a follower of Christ today, that's your reality. And I know right now that some of you go, man, it, uh, okay, so everything was supposed to change, but I want to encourage you today. I'm hoping by the time we leave here that you'll be reminded that your God is alive. He loves you. Your sin is completely forgiven. He's sitting inside your heart, and He wants to give you every you need for life and it's ours today all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna walk us through a couple of those things that we can remember what happens when jesus christ literally says your heart is now my home and that's where i live and that's why we change because jesus is actually in here now living inside of us and making us more like him so if you need to change today I don't know what you need. Maybe you need some peace. 
Maybe you're really anxious and worrying about some things and you just need some peace. Maybe right now you're weak and you just need some strength inside. Maybe you need some courage. Maybe you've got some fear in your life and you need courage. And you know, the scripture says that perfect love drives out fear. Maybe you just need to be reminded today that you are perfectly loved. I don't know what you need. Maybe your relationships, some important ones are falling apart and there's huge tension right now. And you know, man, I need God to come in and rescue us. I don't know what change you need, but Easter is the message that says, I can change everything. Everything, whatever you need. So I want to pray for you and let us walk through and see how Jesus changes us. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this day, we worship you. On this day, we praise you. On this day, we are so thankful to be reminded in fullness on Easter that you so love the world that you gave your one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. And God, on this day, we're grateful that you thought of us. We're part of that world that you love. And I pray, God, now for every human heart that's sitting here, And I ask for your grace to to seep in and to minister to them. Now, there's not any of us in here who doesn't need a change. We all do, in some way or another. And I just pray that you might speak to us today and help us to understand what happens when Jesus Christ enters our life. And what does that change look like? So God, I I ask, I, I I just want to ask in the name of Christ, Would you be so gracious to us with this free gift of your presence here today that in some way or another we could actually walk out of here changed. That's what you do. We just want to offer ourselves and every heart in here that's open to you today. I just pray that you might meet them there. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys. So God so loved the world. He gave his only son. That whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, so what changed? When we, when we, what is the good news? You know what the good news is? The good news is that right there. No one has to perish. You are completely forgiven. You are not going to perish. You are completely forgiven if you've received Christ. Rest in that. That's good news. Is that not good news? Okay, I think that's good news. Here's the other good news, is you now have eternal life. And Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that you know the one true God. In Jesus Christ whom he sent. He did not say, and this is eternal life, that you're going to go to heaven. Now you are, which is really good news. He said, no, this is eternal life. It's that you know God. That's good news. See, that means you guys right now, whatever you're in, whatever your situation is, whatever your life stage is, it doesn't matter. You can know God right now. And that means he intimately, again, you're baptized. If you've received Christ, You've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. John goes, don't you know that if you've been baptized into his death, you've also been baptized into his life, his resurrection, so that you can live a new life. Okay, so if you're a follower of Jesus Christ here today, I want to encourage you and remind you, we should be living new lives. We should be changed. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, what? He is a new creation. And so that's ours today. And let's be bright-minded of that. That's what the good news is. You're forgiven. You're not going to perish. And the good news is you have eternal life. And that means that God is living inside you through His Holy Spirit. So here's what's changed. And I, I want to share with you a passage from Colossians 
chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 6. And uh, when Christian and I were looking at this, we just saw this, this good news and this, this connection to how it changes us. So let's read this together. Paul says, we always pray for you. And we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we've heard of your faith in Christ, Jesus, and your love for all of God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world, and it's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed yours from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. When you heard the good news, it changed your life. Why? The first one, you guys, I just want to hit what changes is you are finally aware. I love what it says when you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Let's be reminded of His grace today. Another, another, translation, another translation said, God's wonderful kindness to sinners. Again, we just talked about this, but grace, you guys, is a free gift from God. Do you understand that again today? That was what Good Friday was all about. He goes, even though you're a sinner, even though you don't care about me, even though you're powerless to do anything that's right, even though you want to have nothing to do with me, that's just the right time for me to show you how much I love you. And so Christ died for you. And when you start to understand that, when you start to come to the realization, oh my goodness, if I actually got what I deserved from God, I'd be toast. But instead, he looks at you and says, I know, but I so love you. You guys, that's his grace, and it's yours today. And fullness, it's absolutely unbelievable. Romans 2.4 says, God's kindness leads us to repentance. You know what repentance means? Everything changes. That's what repentance is. I was going down this path, and then I realized God's kindness to me, and so I turned to Him because I want to receive His kindness over and over and over again. You guys, that changes your life. Have you ever had that experience with a human being? Have you ever just totally screwed up royally, and you know you're in complete wrong, and you came to that person, you took the courage, and you got in front of them, and they forgave you. Anybody else? Anybody ever had that experience? Okay. That changes your life. And that's what we have now in Christ. All right? So Titus 3, 4, and 6 says this. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared on Good Friday and Easter, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. What's that? What's rebirth and renewal? That's change. He saved us by changing us through the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So here's how I want to show you guys just real three, three really quick things here in this passage of how our lives change. And if you're a follower of Christ today, and these aren't quite matching... <laughs> then this would be a place for you to go, wow, maybe I need to kind of use this Easter time to remember who I am and what I'm all about and what Jesus did for me and the life I should be living. And if you're not a follower of Christ yet, what you're going to learn today is that once you get Jesus inside your heart, this is what he does and this is how he changes us. All right? 
The first thing that happens here is that we start to live for something greater. We start to live for something greater. Go ahead and throw, if you can, throw up verse 5 again up there for me. It says, you're totally living this way. You're loving people and you have faith in Christ, but it comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. And you have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. See, guys, one of the things that changes is all of a sudden, once you have Christ, you have a confident expectation of heaven. All of a sudden, you realize it is way more. You have something way more to live for, something way bigger than what's going on in your life right now. And, the, and I want to tell you what, that changes everything. We, we were sitting around our, our, our dinner table a little, a few, uh, last week, actually, and we were talking about, like, I don't know, I have lots of questions I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven. Anybody else have lots of questions you want to ask God? Like, why are there mosquitoes? That's right. That is a huge question for God. Why do they even exist? They do nothing. But I guess they make frogs live or whatever. But we, I mean, I have, but I have some deeper questions. I have some real stuff that I'm going to get to them. So we were sharing that around, and, and it finally became Ashlyn's turn. And she goes, well, when I get to heaven, the first question I'm going to have for God is, where's the bathroom? <laughs> I'm like, where did that come from? She goes, well, if I get to heaven, I'm probably going to have to go to the bathroom, and I just want to know where it is. I love it, man. I, I tell you, so, so she's getting there. She's getting there. Uh, but anyway, you guys, when we get to heaven, but, but part of the realization of Easter is that Jesus died and he rose again, and right now, today, he's seated at the right hand of God, and he said, and if I go, what? I'm preparing a place for you. You guys, I love what Paul says. As soon as you first heard the truth of the good news that you're forgiven of your sin and Christ lives in you, ever since that happened, you started living for something greater. You started living for something greater. Are you living for something greater? Are you? See, what this does, you guys, is this sets us free from all the stuff in this earth that is so frustrating. In fact, I want to encourage you. Uh, next week, we're starting a brand new series, and we're calling it Living in Two Worlds. Because that's the reality. We live in this world, but we also have this amazing divine presence of God within us. And that reality, our, our, our eternal reality, meshes with this kind of temporal reality. And how do you live like that? I, I want to really encourage you. It's, what, basically, all we're going to do is we're going to go through 2 Corinthians. And so I want to encourage you if, you, if you're looking for a place to read in your Bible, if you're, you know, just don't know what to do, grab 2 Corinthians and start reading it. And, and for the next couple months... We're just going to go through that book and see what does this mean that now Jesus Christ is living inside me and I have the absolute confident expectation of heaven. You know what it does? When stuff down here starts falling apart, it gives you hope. Because this is now your home. You're just passing through. Anybody need that? If you don't right now, you might tomorrow. See, and that's the other thing it does for you. It goes, what are you living for? It wakes you up to this reality. It's like, man, I'm living for this relationship, or I'm living for this job, or I'm living to make lots of money, or I'm living. And everything I could mention is something that could be gone. They're not bad things, but they're not what you're supposed to live for. And when Jesus Christ gets inside of you, you know what he does? He starts going, hey, I live for something bigger. This is what he did. In, in, um, in uh, Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Jesus had joy set before him. He knew where he was going. And because he knew that, it changed everything that he did down here. And I just want to encourage you on this Easter, just, just kind of examine your heart and go, what are you living for? Are you living for the bigger picture? Are you living for the eternal picture? Because if Jesus is inside you, he is. And that's one of the things that changes. Here's the second thing that changes. He says, now you trust in Christ. He goes, I mean, I thank God for you because when I look at you, here's the verse. It's verse four. It says, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, which comes from your confident hope of what God reserved for you in heaven. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it has changed your life. You guys, when you received Jesus Christ into your life, what you did in that moment is you said, I trust you. I believe in you. In fact, Colossians 2.6 says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. Do you remember receiving Christ? Do you remember that moment? I love when we baptize everybody because we sit there and we hold and we say, hey, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And do you commit to follow him all the days of your life? And everybody's like, yes. Do you guys remember that day? You received him as what? As Lord. You trusted him. You believed in him. And then it says, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. So you keep living that way. And I think what was happening is Paul was looking at these guys and going, man, I pray, I, I pray for you and I'm so thankful to God because what I see is you trust Christ. You really do. In 2 Corinthians 5.15 it says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You guys, this is a major thing that changes in your life. When you receive Christ, he actually comes in as Lord. And all of a sudden you have one that you trust. So you don't live for yourself anymore. I died for you, he says, so that you would no longer live for yourself. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ here and you're looking at your life and go, man, I actually, uh, I actually totally live for myself. See, this would be a day to go, wait a second. That's what, he, he didn't die so you could live for yourself. He died so you wouldn't do that anymore, but you would live for him. Now here is where it gets exciting. How many of you, at some point in your life, completely surrendered your life to God? And after you did, He took you on an adventure and you saw Him do more than you ever thought He would do. How many of you have ever experienced that? Okay. If you haven't, I want to tell you, that's what it's all about. See, this was Jesus. John 14, 31, He says, The world must learn. I love the Father, and I do everything that He has commanded me. The world must learn this. That's you and me. We need to learn that Jesus loved the Father, and He did everything that the Lord commanded Him to do. That's how He lived His life. So again, what is, what is Easter about? Jesus is saying, I've risen from the dead, so I could live inside of you. And if Jesus is sitting there inside of you, then what's He doing in us? He's going, I'm going to help you love the Father, and I'm going to help you do whatever He wants you to do. <laughs> Now, Jesus did it perfectly, right? And because he did it perfectly, he changed the whole world. (laughs) You guys understand that? You see what happens when one person in human flesh does exactly what God wants them to do? What happens? It changes the world. 
Now, I'm not Jesus, and neither are you. But I can tell you this right now. When you start to do what the Father asks you to do, then His will starts to be done through your life. And you know what happens? He changes your world. I'm, I'm telling you right now, He will change your marriage. He will change your marriage because He'll change your heart. And you won't live for yourself anymore, but you'll live for Him. And His will is for you to love your spouse. Period. Now, if you don't have the love, I don't either. But He does, and He pours it into our heart. He'll change your world. I'm telling you guys, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, you could walk out and wake up tomorrow morning believing again that Jesus lives inside of me and Jesus always does whatever the Father wants him to do. And you can say, Jesus, please help me to do that because I want my world changed. I want to rock my world. Does anybody in here want to rock your world? Okay, four of you and a few weak hands. I'm serious here. If you don't, you need this day so freaking bad. I'm telling you, I'm serious. If you don't want to change your world, you don't know Christ. I'm just going to lay it out there. Because this is eternal life. That you know the one true God. And what does God want to do? What does God want to do? Thank you. Sorry, get a little fired up. But I'm serious, you guys. He wants to change your world. He wants to change your heart. He wants to give you love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Anybody want that? We all want that. The whole world wants that. And God wants to give it to every person. That's what Good Friday and Easter is all about. I'm going to die and take care of your sins so you and I can be together so I can change your heart so you can change the world. And that's what we should be doing. The church should just be freaking changing the world. You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Oh, okay. Enough for now. And here's the last one. He goes off and he goes, for we've heard of your love for all of God's people. We've heard of the love that you have for all of God's people. See, here's the other thing that's going to happen. Is there any human being alive that Jesus doesn't love? He created every person and he looks at every person and he goes, God, I love them. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Okay, thanks for you cheesy guys up here in the front. You guys, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to go to your workplace. This afternoon, you might hang out with some family who need to be loved. And if Jesus Christ is living inside you, he loves them. And you know what happens is He changes you. Because you don't live for yourself anymore. And if you don't live for yourself, but you live for Him, He says, well, if you live for me, then what I do is I love people and I'm asking you. Right? What, did you what did Jesus say? In fact, He says this right here. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this that He laid down His life for His friends. Yes, this is what Easter's about. You know what Paul was really doing? He was looking at these guys and he's going, man, I thank God for you. And you know why? Because I see Jesus in you. I see Jesus in you. You're trusting him just like he trusts the Father. You love people just like he loved people. And you're living for the hope of heaven instead of for this earth. Because I see Jesus in you. And you guys, many of us in here have had him change our life. Some of us have tasted it and we just kind of lost it. 
And I hope that today might be a day that you do that. And I want to close my time today by reminding us, again, I have been so encouraged lately just because I've had a chance to hear people's stories of how their life has been changed. And so I actually asked one of those people to come and share their story with you. So would you give it up for Angela Lopez? Because she is nervous as all get out. And... Um, Angela is, uh, we're, t- we're doing a, uh, a base camp right now uh, called Sharing Your Adventure, um, which is where basically we're trying to learn how to um, share uh, our faith with other people. And a couple weeks ago, we, just, we were working on our stories, because one of the greatest things you've got is your story. And Angela was hilarious. She goes, well, man, after hearing all those, mine's not any good. You know? Anybody else feel like that? You're like, I don't have a very good story. And then she shares it. We're all like... That's an amazing story. Are you kidding me? So I, I just wanted her to, ah, to share uh, her story with you today. So why don't you just start off and tell them like, what it was like. Oh, yeah, I guess you need a mic, don't you? Yeah. Here. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike, for the mic. All right. Very cool. So why don't you just start off sharing everybody just kind of how you grew up and what life was like. Okay. Well, um, growing up, I didn't have uh, Christ in my life. We didn't know anything about God. Growing up, we... Um, I grew up in a very non-religious home. We uh, didn't speak about God, never learned about God, didn't know Jesus. Um, and it just wasn't a part of my life growing up. Okay. Yeah. And, and like for a long time? For a very long time. Okay. Yeah. Until somehow you found out about K2 and I did. came with a friend. I did, yeah. I came with a friend to... No, you're fine. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Shiny object. (laughs) Uh, No, I did. A friend invited me to K2, and and I always always knew that there was something there inside of me missing, you know, Um, but I just just never uh, knew, you know. I was never taught about it or anything, you know. I I was just always taught to just be a good person, live a decent life. And so um, somebody had invited me to come out to K2, and uh, when I came, it, it just, um, the sermon, it just spoke to me, you know, it's, it, I heard something and it just cracked open my heart a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is it. This is what I've been missing. Wow. Yeah. See, so I, right there, I mean, that's just amazing to me when Angela shared the story that someone can grow up in a home and that isn't religious at all, have no context of God, and yet still feel like there's something not there. Just that it's something missing. There's something more. So you come here the first day. The first day you feel like, okay, I think this is it. And then, then what happened after that? I kept coming back every Sunday. Um, just kept coming back, um, getting filled up with the messages. And uh, I, I still didn't, it's like I didn't change my lifestyle, though. I was, uh, I was just, um, but I, I filled in that time slot, though. I made an extra time slot on Sundays, though, to make sure that I made it to church, but um, it, it, it was just the beginning, though, I guess, okay. is what it was. Cool. And so, and, what, and, and that went on for how long? For about two years. Okay. I kept on coming back, and, and I, I, would, uh, I would just um, come to church on Sundays and live my life the rest of the week, and, and uh, that was the way that I lived for about two years. Yeah. Now, you described that, that uh, life that you were living to us as a, a little bit of a struggle. It was. Um, it was. I kept my life really compartmentalized. I, I, you know, I had my church on Sunday and work and, and uh, the family life, you know, and um, 
the weekends and uh, that life. Um, you want to share about that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, so that's, that's just kind of the way that it was going. But it, it was really chaotic. It was hard to balance. You know, to be uh, calling myself a Christian and doing, um, you know, going to church on Sunday and then living my life the way that I was living it the rest of the week. Um, It kind of didn't add up. It was hard to juggle Mm -hmm. after a while. It got very, it it was just, it was hard. So you came came here, you realize this is, I think this is it. You come on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You're even saying you're calling. I'm, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. You're using. You're yeah. saying that. You're doing all that, okay, and yet nothing yeah. had changed. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. So then, what changed? Um. You know, lines got blurred, and and things were falling into each other to where um, it got very chaotic for me. Like I said, I, I had a hard time balancing that out, and um. It just, it got very chaotic. Um, knowing that I wasn't living the life that I was supposed to be living, knowing that this is not the way that my life was supposed to be. I was supposed to, um, the things I was doing, the way I was living, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the right way. And you said uh, the theme verse. Why don't you share the theme verse uh, that you have for you? The, my theme verse, um, this is what it felt like inside of me, what was going on is uh, when Jesus uh, came into the temple and saw um, the sellers and, and everything and and um, and just people selling exchanging money and he he was he was it upset him he he flipped over tables he was he was upset he's like not in this not in my father's house and that's what he was doing inside of me that's it was so chaotic inside of me um, he I it's like he wanted to clean me out he wanted to make me pure again. Um, and it was a battle. It was a struggle. You know, he, uh, I wanted to hold on to the life that I was living. It, it's, what, it's what was getting me by day to day. You know, it's what I was used to every day. And, um, and yet, he wanted something better for me. And so, for me to let go of that, it was so hard. It was so hard. You know, for me to trust in him, to just give it all to him and say, you know, I, I'm going to trust you with everything that I have, but it, there's that fear of what if, what if it doesn't work out, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, you eventually did that. I did. Um, eventually, I just, uh, it came to a point to where I was broken. I was, I was uh, at my lowest low. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, it just came to a point to where you know, I I had read the promises that he, you know, had for me, and finally I just um, I just said, okay, God, you know, this is it. This is I'm gonna give it all to you. I'm gonna give it all to you. I'm gonna trust you with everything in my life, and um, yeah, and, and, then, I, and, I did. and then what happened? Oh, um, it was really scary, but man, there's this there's this sense of it was just a release off of me. It was just this peace inside of me. Um, it just, even though sometimes I still struggled, um, there still was just this this peace and security, just knowing that he's there for me, you know, that he, he has 
something great in store for me. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that was two years ago. That was, right? yeah. yeah. So, four years ago you showed up. So, four years ago yeah. is when I was Christian <laughs> and uh, started coming to church. And, and then finally, it took me about two years to finally surrender, though. Yeah. And, the, yeah, and then just one last statement. How is life today so oh, different? It's, it's good. It's really good. I mean, it's not always sunshine and butterflies, but, you know, I still have my struggles. I still have my, um, the struggles. But, but there's an awareness now where my weaknesses are. There's, um, and there's security in that knowing that I'm not alone. I've got God on my side. There's, um, I, have a, I have a firm foundation now to be able to raise my son on, which before I was just just kind of getting by, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure it all out on my own. And, and now I know that I don't have to do that. You know, even when I feel lost, um, I know that he's there to be able to guide me through the hard times and, and the struggles and, and my fears. He'll, he'll just relieve those for me. I think that's a pretty cool story. So, thank you, Angela. Thanks so much thank for sharing that. You can just go ahead. You guys, partly why I wanted Angela to share her story is I just, I know that's the story of so much of what's going on here at KT. Uh, Brad, if you guys want to come up, you guys can get up here and end up our service with some worship. I, I, I just know that for some of you, knowing God, understanding God is something you just, it's, it's totally foreign and you've stepped into a church, and maybe it's made sense. Um, and yet nothing's really changed. And what I love about Angela's story was it, it took God turning the tables in her heart. And after seeing Sunday or Friday night, it's just a picture of that, of him just saying, I'm turning everything upside down. And when she finally said, go ahead, just, just like Mike when he was singing on Friday, he said, is there any other way? And then he finally just said, okay. See, when you say, okay, then God can take your life and he can change it and give you the peace and the security that Angela has, the foundation to live her life and finding out what you're really created for. And you guys, Easter is Jesus saying, I want to live inside you and I want to give you the life that you were created to give. So, if you're locked behind closed doors like the apostles are, if you're full of fear today, if you're empty, if you're struggling today, no matter who you are today, our God, we're going to sing right here, our God is mighty to save. If He can die and rise again, then He can enter into your struggle and bring you life. That's why the Scripture says, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And if you need that change today, I want to encourage you in these last 15 minutes or so just to say, I want that. In fact, I want to encourage you. There's a blue card. They're spattered around on our seats. And for some of you, you might just grab that card and just say, you know what? I would love to talk to somebody this week because I need Jesus. I need the life that He can give me inside me. Some of you might just want to come down right after service and we can talk together and we can pray together. You guys, if anyone would believe in Christ and believe He's the Son of God, if anyone would receive Him, into your life. He said, I'll give you the right to become a child of God, born of my spirit. I will come in and wipe out all of your sin 
and I'll come in and give you eternal life. And you will live like you never lived before. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, for some reason, it's just, man, Easter has gotten lost in the mess of, the, of your life. Maybe in these last 15 minutes too, again, you can just lift your eyes back up to heaven and just remember one more time, He really is alive today. And He really can meet you exactly where you are. And He continues to change us. It's not a one-time deal. So let's stand together and let's worship our King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and Jesus Christ who rose from the dead and who's seated at the right hand right now ready to receive our praise and receive our hearts and receive our trust so that He can pour into you and give you the life you were created to live. Let's sing together.